You are listening to the Gospel Boldly Podcast, where we confess with St. John that these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Lemke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown. And we're, uh, we're, 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 we're recording a little bit earlier than normal today, so this will be good for me. I don't know how it will be for Thomas, but we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm the morning person. Yay! I'm trying to become the morning person. If, if we're recording at a 7.40, it should be 7.40 a.m., not p.m. like we used to be <laughs> back in the day. So yeah, I, I can agree with that. I'm like the proverbial pig in slop today, but we'll we'll see how it goes. As you wipe a a, a sleepy tear from your eye as I look up on on the Skype. All yes. right, so we're we're at the middle of a verse, Thomas. Yeah, what happened there? We just kind of stopped. One of the things that happens is just as a reminder, the actual verse numbers are not in the original text they're just later editions, and sometimes you can look at the the places where they've decided to break off verses and say. Wow, that was a really silly place to break a, a verse. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're at one of those. Uh, John 12, 36b. Jesus has just finished talking. Now, Thomas, do you remember what Jesus was talking about the last time? Well, he was talking with the Greeks who had come seeking him and then was discussing in the somewhat, I guess, to me, veiled way how, maybe not in the context, but... Uh, how the gospel would go forth into the nations as light unto the Gentiles that Simeon talks about in Luke. Not just talking to Greeks. He's at the temple talking, and the occasion is the Greeks have come wanting to talk to him. Fair. Okay, so, good distinction. So it really is, look, yeah, this is good. I, I'm, I, That separation between Jew and Gentile, that's being done away with. You have the light is here. Everyone, believe! Yay! Mm-hmm. And then we get this. So if you want to just finish off verse 36, do a half verse. (laughs) When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Now, get a couple of things. He said his peace, and then he stops. Mm -hmm. You've heard what you need to hear. Now deal with it. And he hides himself. No, no, I'm going to let what I've said, what I have done in the past, stand on it, on what it is and deal with it. I, I, I'm not going to try and butter you up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sweeten the deal for you. I'm not going <laughs> to placate you. Here's the reality. Here's what it is. Look, God is reconciling the world unto himself. In fact, he is reconciling even Jew and Gentile unto each other in me. I am the light of the world. Hey, <laughs> your darkness is going to be taken care of. Deal with it. Okay. And then he hides. Sorry, Skype just hiccuped. Say that again. And then he hides himself. Ah. Because that's what he's bringing. He's not bringing anything else. And if you don't like it, ah, tough. Well, oh, oh, let's see what the reaction is. Okay. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, for again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. 
All right, I'm going to quiz you, Thomas, because this is actually, this is fantastic catechetical instruction, especially from a Lutheran point of view. Thomas, what is the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And what does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Okay, are are you happy you passed that one? That that's one. <laughs> yes. Now, now think about this in how how John gives his his after action report. He he breaks down what has happened. Uh-huh. You shall have no other gods before me in my presence. Where I am, you're not to have any other gods. Right. And there's Christ right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you should be fearing me above all things, loving me above all things, and trusting me, believing me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what do you have here? They don't believe yet. Mm-hmm. And why? Well, uh, I, I like, uh, I like uh, 12. Uh, for the fear of, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. Because they might get, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. They're, they're worried about their status. They're worried about what people think. And that fear drives them rather than the fear of the Lord. Or we can put in terms of love, for they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. They they loved temporal blessings more than eternal spiritual blessings. In both cases, they feared something wrongly, they loved wrongly, thus they did not trust, they believed wrongly. Interesting, yep, yep. And and this all ties up with uh that they seeing they do not see, hear, and they do not hear that type of language, that's the heart of idolatry. Here's their idols. What Jesus does, he comes, he preaches, and his preaching exposes their idols for what it is. Why? Because the light shines. And when the light shines, it reveals all the dirt, all the things that you would hide in darkness, all the all the, the lousy things you'd try to cover up with a, a veil of a false, false piety, they get exposed. So what are you going to do? Are you going to confess and receive forgiveness and trust that Christ actually is fixing things? Or are you going to get mad and kill him? Or at least get fearful and stand by while they kill him and say, oh, well, at least I can bury him. Right. Because, I mean, you do get... You the, get both there responses. Were, there, there were some who of the authorities who believed, but they didn't want to take anyone off, so we'll just... Ah, Nicodemus and, and Joseph can give them a nice burial and a nice tomb after they kill him. Oh, the, Nice consolation prize there. Yeah. But still, there's that. So, all right. <laughs> okay. All any, right. Any other thoughts? Not in particular on, on that, no. All right. So let's get back to what is Jesus' point. Okay. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Now think about this. What has happened? Jesus has spoken the truth, then he hides himself and lets people stew, and then what happens? He cries out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to the word, and what happens? When you believe in me, you believe in the Father. Whoever sees me sees the Father. If you want to have a relationship with the Father, that happens through me. You know, that whole I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey. And so so basically, this is, if you want to think about it, this is basically the, the, the ending of Jesus' public teaching. This is the end cap, because the beginning of the next chapter, we're, we're in the upper room. True. So this is John having... The, the summation of Jesus' public teaching in John. All right, this is it, guys. He, here's the point. You believe in me, 
you believe in the Father who sent me. You, you, you look at me, you, you see the working of the salvation that God has brought about. This is the, the point, and I've come here to bring light to life. I've gone to banish the darkness that has been here since the fall. Whoa. What goes on? Carry on. Okay. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken of my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Oh, isn't that some thick, wonderful stuff? Mm -hmm. Now, first of all, we get this, this idea. I'm not here to judge. That, that's not my point. I, I'm here to win salvation. I, that's what I am going to accomplish. And, and you know what? I want you to, we have keep that, that word. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to do Greek. Let's see if you can tell the Greek just by hearing it. Okay. The, let me find it. Kai uh, me and not phulaxe. Phalanx, phulax. Guard it. Protect it. Mm -hmm. This is the point. This is the truth here. I am giving you the truth. You should protect it. Why? Because it's the truth, and it's good, and it's good for you. And and if you mess up, I'm not going to beat you over the head because you didn't pay attention to the word. But you know what? If you don't pay attention to the word, what happens? Bad things. <laughs> <laughs> I should trademark that. Bad things. So Copyright. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge, the word that I've spoken. Yeah. Or here, come here and you can live. No, I don't believe you. Well, then you don't get to live. Mm -hmm. It's like in the, the, the Terminator 2 movie, or, come with me if you want to live. No. <laughs> okay, then you die and get killed. So <laughs> yeah, you, you, you rejected me and my word. I just compared Jesus to the Terminator. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> I just compared it. I, oh, they probably don't know. Terminator 2. That Terminator was the, 2 the... was a great movie, but it also came out... Oh, some, it was old. All right. Yeah. I, I, I could try and think of a better movie analogy, but it's early. So, so <laughs> and, and then you, you get the whole thing. This is... The Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. Now think about that for a second, Thomas. Okay. What has the Father instructed Jesus to say and do? The words of eternal life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The new commandment, the, the, the commandment that brings to eternal life is not, you do this and you will live. The new commandment is, I will do it all for you, and because of me you will live. Mm-hmm. Oh, wrap it everything up. I, 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 I'm bringing an end to everything that you thought you knew about being religious. It's not how well you jump through the hoops, and you can jump through them because you're Jewish and the Gentiles can't. Not, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm winning salvation for you guys. This is what's going to happen. The, the way things are going to operate now is I am going to be pouring out love upon you, love, boundless love, uh, my song is love unknown. Oh, that was totally off key, and not even the right. But, but my song is love unknown. This is the point. This, this, this is, this is. We're gonna see the the massive outpouring of love, 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 love. Boom. This is why 
in first John you get God is love because that's the point that's coming here. Here's how we're doing it things. Here's the new here's the new there's a new sheriff in town and here's the way it's going to be. I will be your God and I will show you love and I will win you salvation. There you go. Nice. So and after this Jesus doesn't preach it publicly anymore. In John's gospel, we move to the upper room, and it's all that discussion with the disciples in the upper room. Mm -hmm. And we'll probably, before we get to chapter 13, have to discuss a little bit about the synoptics. (laughs) In what sense? Well, because we're going to have the upper room, but we're not going to talk about the Lord's Supper. Uh, Are we? Mm, Find out. After the break, I guess. <laughs> that was a tease. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Gospel Boldly podcast and our reverse, what do we call it? Our reverse vocational segment here? Our, our backwards way of life segment. Backwards way of life. Yeah, that works. That'll work. I'll, I'll take it. Normally, normally a, a good radio show or podcast would come up with the title of the segment before doing it. But we <laughs> do things in a backwards way here. Hence the segment. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right, Pastor. So I have, I have a, a, I guess, thing to present on the segment today. Okay. Here's the idea. So as you know, I've, I've changed careers uh, into car sales not that, that long ago. And it's very, very common for individuals out there to assume one thing about all car salesmen, regardless of any other expectations or, you know. Uh, I don't know whether or not I can continue to work with such a liar and a cheat. <laughs> right. And that's just it, is, is we're, we're thought to be cheaters. We're thought to be people who are fraudulent and rip people off. Which, as I would think about it, and maybe, maybe this falls under more than one category, has to do with the commandment on stealing and that thou shalt not do such things. So how do I, as a car salesman, not only avoid stealing, that's the kleptomaniac that I apparently am, very, very difficult, but how do we approach that from a backwards perspective as well? Oh, well, wh- what does the commandment say? Thou shalt you not shall steal. Not steal. Yeah. This means we should fear and love God so that we not take our neighbor's possessions or get them away that only appears, right? But that we help him to imp- protect and improve his possessions and income. Right. So the I and this that's really one of the basic ones of 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 uh, the, the 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 backhanded the backwards thinking. The way stealing works is you take things away from your neighbor. That 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 your approach is to to take the blessings that God has given them and and bring them unto yourself so that his life is lessened, his stuff is lessened. All right? Does okay. that work? So far, so good. The backwards way of thinking, the backwards approach that we have as Christians is that we have, as part of our lives, the, the opportunity and duty to make our neighbor's stuff better. Hmm. Okay. And, and a, simple, a simple thing. All right. I, 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 I say I am a car salesman. Okay. <laughs> and someone comes in and says, all right, I want to buy this vehicle. This is what I think is great. Da, da, da. You might, instead of just saying, ooh, I'll sell this to them, say, mm-hmm. okay, wh- why do you like this vehicle and wh- what are you wanting? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And you might end up saying, 
okay, this other vehicle here might actually meet your needs better. Mm-hmm. Whether it's more expensive or whether it's not, but 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 you're finding out how can I maximize in selling them a vehicle? How can I give them the best bang for their buck? How can I meet the needs and standards that they have even better than they had known beforehand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so the point is when I go to serve my neighbor, when I deal with them, I'm trying to make sure that they get a good deal that that what they actually want is met well and this this comes up we we have a big topic called felt needs today that that the idea is that 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 you have to deal with what people feel they if they feel they want this you gotta you gotta meet them where they're at well uh-huh. <laughs> if they feel they need a red car and the only red car in the lot doesn't i i just need to have a red car well you've got four kids and it's a two-seater it's not gonna work for you but but look over here yes i i know this minivan is not red but it's a nice blue and it works really well for you or if you, or if you want maybe we can try and find you a red minivan but 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 this is doesn't this serve you better so the the approach is really a, a, a an approach of love and service to your neighbor in that you are trying to help even their property, even the stuff you sell them, serve them best. Mm, okay. So, so that kind of take that backwards. Rather 100%. than trying to, to be the huckster and get them to buy something not knowing what it is. No. Figure out what they need and use your knowledge and expertise to maximize their property. Maximize what they're getting. Help them get the best bang for their buck. Nice. And, and I've actually come across car dealers who have done that, who, who've directed me to other places, who, who have been very quietly saying, okay, yeah, you, you really might want to look over at this dealership because what you're describing is this. I, don't, don't tell anyone I said that. Now, why do they do that? That generates a lot of goodwill, too, for down the line. Cause it does. I, I can see a time when, when, when your next vehicle might not have these specific needs, and I see how you're looking at this stuff over here, so I want you to come on over here, because when you come over and are ready to jump to my brand, I want you to be so happy that you'll stay here forever. But you're not quite ready for that yet, so we'll, we'll be patient. Yep. All right, does that work? That's a common tactic. Um, yes, it does work, and I, I guess I have to change my, my sales tactics now to, to accommodate the... Uh... <sighs> oh, pfft. Yeah, like you've been a huckster. <laughs> Selling defective vehicles to people. Harumph. Yeah, it depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> this anyway. doesn't mean that everyone's always going to be satisfied. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't <laughs> make them drink. So right. You can shine the light, but still there are going to be times when they don't believe you. But that. All right. Hey, 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 did you like that? All right. Now we're going to dive back into uh, starting at John chapter 13. And here's one of the things that's interesting. If I say synoptic gospels, Thomas, what do you think of? Or what is that? Well, uh, it's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I mean, I can go into the Greek. It's why synoptic is what it is, I guess. But that, oh, do we need to? We call them synoptics because they they kind of have the same optics. They have the same general approach, the same structure. And and, and all of them have this wonderful time where where when we get to Holy Week, then Jesus is teaching the temple, there's people getting more and more angry, and then finally he goes off and has the Last Supper with his disciples, and then he gets killed. John knows you know that angle and approach. 
So what he does is he comes from a different angle. And what we get starting in John chapter 13. Now, we're in 13. When does the passion, according to John, begin? Oh, gosh, it's after 17. It's like... It's chapter 18. So yeah. we've got 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Five chapters. And, and if you have a King James Bible or one of the ones where the, the words of Jesus are in red... You'll notice these five chapters have a ton of red. <laughs> and what John is doing is it's sort of, okay, you, you know about the institution of the Lord's Supper. Let me tell you about what the dinner conversation was. Yeah. And so really what you have is John does not specifically talk about the Lord's Supper, but he's talking about what they talked about and around the Lord's Supper. In fact, uh, uh, if, if I can, actually, can you read? Uh, how about one through four? Okay. Because this sets up the whole context for everything in the next five chapters. Cool. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it in the heart of Judas, uh, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Now, when does this all take place? On uh, the night of the Passover. Not just on the night of the Passover. Eve, I guess. During the supper. Right. He rose from the supper. So, <laughs> so what, what, we, what we get is that the, the whole... The, the institution of the Lord's Supper is not just happening in a vacuum. It, mm -hmm. Jesus is doing a riff off of the Passover Seder meal, the, the, the old Jewish custom. Well, John says, all right, he talked about stuff during supper too. In fact, in the middle of supper, he got up. Mm -hmm. So as he is instituting the Lord's Supper, this also goes on. Mm -hmm. so, so the whole thing is, this whole discussion that goes on is all in the context of, all right, Here's the new operating standard of the church. We're, the, the new meal is not going to be the once-a-year meal. It's going to be the as often as you eat and drink it, do this in remembrance of me meal, where I give you not, oh, let's look and remember how we were delivered. No, no, here's my own body and blood that delivers you from sin, death, and the devil. Hey, hey, all right. Nice. So we've got this ratcheting up of things. And, and what you have here is John saying, here's the stuff he taught, he told us, that really is setting us up for life in the New Testament church. Not that John would necessarily use that language, I mean that might, but but I mean here's how things are going to be operating from from Pentecost till the day he returns. This is the way things are going to be moving now. This is the new modus operandi, the the new way things are going to get done. All right? Sounds good. And and suddenly you have Jesus do this awkward thing. He gets up and takes a towel and Ties it around his waist, mm -hmm. and then, if you would do just verse 5. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel that was wrapped around him. Here's my, my simple observation. Okay. I, in general, do not like object lessons, but Jesus is going to give one here. Do you know why I don't like object lessons? Because no analogy is perfect? No. Most of the time, they take too long. Ah, in the sense that 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 I generally view my time in the the pulpit 
in a, in a class as limited. Mm-hmm. So if I do a long, drawn-out analogy, if I decide I'm going to do an object, here, I will bring a tomato into the pulpit. Let's look at this. It's a tomato. All right, there's my object <laughs> lesson. <laughs> that's I'm wasting another time. reason you don't do object lessons, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't pick out great ones either. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, is there going to be enough bang for the buck? Right. Or can I, if it takes me five minutes to go through my nice little object lesson, could I have taught more clearly and precisely in that five minutes without using the object lesson? Gotcha. Now, think about this. They're in the night when Jesus was betrayed. So you're talking about the evening. After this, they go out to the garden, uh, and then Jesus is arrested, and it's it's 18 hours, 20 hours, 22 hours till he's crucified. So, I mean, you're talking limited time left. So he gets up, gets dressed, or disrobes, puts on the towel, and washes every disciple's feet by hand. How long does that take, Thomas? Well, there's 12 of them. So yeah. you got to think each foot's probably a good 30 seconds by itself minimum, unless right. you're thorough. Right. So it's it's between and 10 and 15 think, minutes. Do you Easy. think that that's the shortest? Because do you really yeah. think Jesus is going to do a, 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 a quickie one over, not really <laughs> do a good job when it comes to cleaning. No, no, that man is it, thorough. Because if you're making the object lessons that 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 I am the Lord who cleanses you and I have done all things well, you're probably not going to leave like, oh, well, it's just a little bit of toe jam on the uh, <laughs> on Thomas's little toe, but he's going to doubt in a bit, so we'll do that. All right. right. No, no, no. You do. So you're talking at least at the bare minimum, ten to fifteen precious minutes of the limited time he has left mm-hmm. in this object lesson. Right. Where you wouldn't normally do that this supper. It's standing out like a sore thumb, a sore foot, a toe jammy foot. <laughs> this is a massive point of emphasis. Did, did you like that point of emphasis? I did. And an unexpected point of emphasis. So I mean, really, this is this is this is off the wall teaching. And in fact, Simon Peter shows that he thinks it's off the wall. <clears throat> I expect just I need to read. Ah. <laughs> Uh, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered now, him. Oh, go ahead. Wait, 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 no, no, we'll just we'll get, get what he's saying. He's not just saying, huh, is this happening? He, he's, he's saying, what in tarnation do you think you're doing? <laughs> this, what, what in the world do you think you're doing, Jesus? This is just crazy. This is stupid. And that's where we're going to remember. Peter's not just going, huh. What's going on? He, he's kind of going, Jesus, you're, you're, you're a little wonky now. Did, did you have too much wine when we weren't looking? <laughs> what, what is, this is the weirdest bender I've ever seen. Jesus, what's going on? Right. Find out after the break. What are you doing, Jesus? Come on, this is weird. Seriously, Peter's a little weirded out right now. You're doing what, Jesus? <laughs> this is part of the point of this whole text. We're, we're, we're in the upper room on Monday, Thursday. We're at the fish washing. And yes, Peter says the obvious, because Peter is blunt as only Peter can be. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is weird, man. This is weird. This is not the way things are done. When you think about it, isn't that the way the whole thing of salvation is? That's true. 
people. In fact, in fact, isn't isn't part of the Christian life? Yeah, we're we're not going to do things the way they're done in the world. Oh, all right. So let's let's dive on. Let's hear what Jesus says. Okay, to Peter. <clears throat> let's see. Verse seven. Jesus answered him, "What am I? Uh, what I am doing? You do not understand now, but afterward you will understand." Now, just pause there. If your teacher gets up and starts doing an object lesson and you start griping, he says, listen, you don't get what I'm doing now. You'll get it later. Mm -hmm. That's a very polite way of saying what? Shut up. Sit down. Observe. Just, just watch. Imagine again. I am doing, I've decided I'm going to be Pastor Brown the hipster. Okay. Why I don't like object lessons. And I decide I'm going to get up and I'm going to do my object lesson. And in the middle of my playing with my whatever that I'm using for the object lesson, someone from the church goes, why are you doing that? <laughs> Just let me finish, guys. Right. Again, I've got limited time here. So, so he is... Saying, "All right, just, 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 just let me let let me do my image." And does Peter listen? No. Nah. Peter said to him, "You shall never wash my feet." Jesus answered him, "If I do not wash you, you have no share with me." Uh, all right. So, right, hey, just, just, just go along with it. No, you're never gonna wash my feet. Harumph. Okay, listen, Peter. If I don't get this done, then you're going to hell. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, Jesus does ratchet it up here. Listen, <laughs> and it's an important thing. Listen, Peter, th this is something that's going to be fundamental for you. You don't get to set the tone that people dance to. I, I, I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm God. I get to call the shots. I, I set the way for how things are going to be handled, mm -hmm. not you. Because you know what? Sinful man does a really poor job of setting up how things are going to get done. So you're going to get on board, Peter, and I'm going to wash your feet. You got it? Well, let's see. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the only one, uh, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. Oh, keep going, keep going. Okay. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Now. So so let's let's keep this happy narrative. Okay, okay. John is is teasing his poor friend Peter, kind of showing Peter <laughs> backside to the wind, but hey, that's fine. Mm. All right. No, you're gonna have your feet washed. You're gonna get with my program or else. <laughs> okay, then wash everything. That's not my program, man. That's <laughs> not the point here. Keep with my program. Let me do my stinking illustration and let me just get it done everyone else here just let me wash their feet and we're, we're sitting quietly and gonna go hmm, i wonder what he's saying okay fine here's how it works Jeez. yeah I, I have kind of an exasperated jesus <clears throat> it happens the, the point is here's how here's how it works you're going to be dealing with people who've been cleansed by me who, who have been washed and forgiven. You're going to be preachers, and you will be preaching to those who are forgiven. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to live in the world. So things are going to get dusty. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to go cleanse them off. You're going to go serve them. You're going you're gonna to speak daily confession, absolution type stuff to them. You're going to give them the supper. You're going to clean their feet. They're already clean. You're going to work on cleaning their feet, though, to make it happy so they can go back and handle with life. Oh, yeah, and just so you guys know, 
I know what's going on, Judas. One of you is not clean. <laughs> so, so don't think this is I. This is not me being a sap and a mark. You know. Oh, but that does bring up something. Mm-hmm. Did Jesus wash Judas's feet? Yeah, I expect he did. Did the scripture say anything about him not? No, he he washed all of their feet from every indication we're given. Yeah. Oh. Oh. There, there's that whole parable of the wheat and the tares. Does Jesus seek to to beat out and and cast out Judas? Not no. Right. Judas has enough oh. effectiveness to do that himself at a later time. All right. So. So first of all, Jesus got the 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 nice little theological imagery overtones. You know, you have that that daily contrition and repentance. This mm-hmm. is what you guys are going to be doing to people. And all right, now I'm going to sit down. And let's talk about attitudes. Oh. Poor <laughs> Jesus. I mean. Do doing a lousy job to make a point, and they won't even let you do it in peace. Good night, harumph. This is also one of the things why I say that John likes to skewer his old friend Peter. Because <laughs> this is one where, where it, it's just so Peter, full of zeal and just swing and miss. Swing and miss. Oh, oh, okay. All right. And now Jesus will get and explain stuff what is going on. Okay. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. All right, pause there. Now, Thomas, did Pastor Nairns go and wash your feet Monday, Thursday night? Um, as I was selling cars at that point in time, no, but historically, yes, I have had Judas! my feet washed. By, yeah, I guess I had already been cast out to the money does, changers. Does then, he literally do the, the foot washing? Yeah, he does. Does he? Mm-hmm. Really? At least he, last, last one I went to, it's been, been some time, oh. but. Well, <laughs> guess he didn't go to Monday, Thursday service often when he was in college. <laughs> Did I up here in Hersher? That was beautiful radio. Did I up in Hersher do a foot washing? I don't know. I wasn't there. Did I in Lahoma ever do a foot washing, to the best of your knowledge? No. No. Well, well, if Jesus gave an example, well, the the point isn't the foot washing. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a. All right, now we're going to start this service. No, 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 no. You you can do it if you want to do that. It, it, Hey, go knock yourself out with the object lesson. I, I, I'll just tell you the object lesson. I don't <laughs> actually do it again. Fair enough. But, but the point is, is loving your neighbor neat? No, it, no. I, I, sorry, it took me a second. No. <laughs> and in the world, we think authority means you should get out of doing the dirty jobs. As I rise up the corporate rank, I don't have to do the dirty jobs that show up on Mike Rowe's old show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, if I'm the CEO, I shouldn't have to clean the toilets. Aha! Because, because again, for the menial thing. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Here's the way it works in the church. All authority you have means you get to go and serve your neighbor and get down in the muck with them. Great example of this, rather than foot washing, Thomas, do you have authority over your child? Yes, clearly. So, when your child, child, that sounded weird, when your child fills his diapers, 
do you say, ah, I have authority over you, child. This is beneath me. Go take care of yourself. Or do you <laughs> change a diaper? Change, yeah. And as we use cloth diapers, also rinse them out in the sink. So another another step of the mucking out. <laughs> your your authority over that child means you are to serve that child, even if it means doing the messy stuff. And likewise, being a Christian means we clean people up. We, we see them at their worst when they have uh, messed their pants, and we get down and we clean them off because they're cleaned by Christ. They're forgiven people. So we, we, we give them more forgiveness. We pick them up. We dust them off. We, we, we don't sit above them and say, I'm above you. I am better than you. <laughs> no, we get down. As Kid Rock would say, now get in the pit and try and love someone. Uh-huh. That, that's an old one I haven't quoted in a while. So, but but there's this idea that that this is how service is to work in church. It's not about making people do what you want them to do. It's you have authority, you have power, you have a position to go speak the word of life to people, even when they're down at their worst. That makes sense. Total sense. If you think I'm wrong. Or aren't quite sure. Let's go hear the rest. Hear more Jesus and see okay. what he said. So, let's see. 16. Thank you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now, before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. All right, here you're getting a contrast, and this is beautiful. The way it's going to work in the church is we're going to be, you are going to be sent by me to go and serve. And that does not mean having things done your way or how you think they should be done, but you're going to act for the best interest of the people you are sent to serve. Let's contrast that with Judas. Okay. What is Judas going to do? Uh, he's going to betray and turn over the Son of God for some change. Well, some money. Is Judas content to let Jesus do things his way? Or is he trying to force Jesus' hand? Remember, Judas is a zealot. He wants the glorious revolution. Mm -hmm. So when he betrays Jesus, what should happen according to Judas' plans? Because again, he's not happy when Jesus gets killed. He's not happy when he gets arrested. That's not what he's trying to get. He's trying to, all right, I want it on like Donkey Kong because that's the way I want things to be. Mm -hmm. And everything will go according to my plan because I'm going to take charge. I'm going to take the bull by the horns and get it done. Yep, yep. Is that the way it's supposed to operate? Nope. So again, what you have here is you have this contrast between are you going to be the people who go and are content to clean the feet of other people, to serve them, to be about forgiveness, or do you want to have your way and start the glorious revolution and kill your enemies, drive out the people who don't like you? They're troublemakers. We'll be done with them. Ooh. Ooh, think about how often... Politics in the church, politics in your life, politics in your school work. Do you befriend the people you don't like, or do you ruin their reputation? Crush them. Crush them all. 
crush your enemies, crush your enemies, and see them driven before you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, the robot chicken skit about the musical for Conan the Barbarian is fantastic. So, <laughs> you, you know that, right? I've shown it to you, right? I, I'm sure some time ago, probably. <laughs> okay. You rewatch. But no, no, no. That's not how we operate in the church. The point is look. Jesus Christ is the light who comes into the world that people may believe and have life. And and yes, I've cleansed you. I, I want forgiveness. That's the whole point. Don't let something else become the point. Don't let your own plans of trying to fix people and make them better get in the way of doing what I've told you to do. Serve them, love them, forgive them. That's the point. So, enjoy your week. Enjoy your Enjoy the forgiveness God has given you. Enjoy the forgiveness he gives to others, even through you. There we go. That work? That'll work. Oh, okay. All right. That dog will haunt. All right. Okay. I, I need to come up with more even old folksy things so people are like, who's this guy shaking his stick at me and telling me to get off his lawn? All right. <laughs> there we go. Have a good week, folks. Enjoy life. Enjoy the blessings God has given you. Uh, take care. Bye-bye.